today, this, this morning, I want to share with you on the beginning of this Advent, right? Um, Advent is, is part of this Christian tradition, this sacred calendar that uh, we make time through our course of a year to talk about the good news of Jesus. And at this point on Advent, this is actually my, probably my third time celebrating Advent. Never really thought about it before, never paid attention to it. Didn't know it existed, to be quite honest with you. And to me, is this a really new thing for me to pause and talk about this? See, Advent comes from this Latin word that means arrival, meaning we waiting on the arrival of a Savior of whom the Hebrew prophets spoke about. This Emmanuel, this God with us, which I believe is one of the most profound truths about who the creator and who the divine is. What it means for the creator to be with us. And today I want to take you through a couple stories in the scripture. And um, I would love to take you to a place that I believe, you know, is going to ignite our hope. And this is found in Luke chapter 1. Dr. Luke lets us know in chapter 1, verse 20, 28 and on. Tells us a story of this young lady by the name of Mary. And it says this, the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. I don't know about you. If I see an angel, those words are not going to do anything to my soul. I will be afraid. Petrified if you ask me. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever and his kingdom will never end. How would this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will, become, will be called the Son of God. Do mind if we pray for a minute. Jesus, thank you this morning. And I don't know who, where everybody's at in today, but can you speak into our souls? Can you whisper into our souls? Can you um, elevate the way we perceive you and see you, God, and what it means to have a relationship, an intimate relationship with Emmanuel, God, with us this morning? We ask you this in your name, Jesus. Amen and amen. You know, one of the, the interesting things about my Mexican mom is the Mexican's mom tend to try to educate you in, 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 in a way that, that um, they tell a lot of stories. They're very inventive, if I'm quite honest with you. Very stuff. Um, one day, I was probably like 10, 11 years old, and I was thirsty at night. I was about to go to bed. I was actually already in bed, and I was thirsty. And, and I remember telling my mom I didn't want to go to the kitchen. I was afraid. I didn't like the dark. And I remember telling my mom, Mom, can I get some water? And I remember she told me, you go get the water. And I was like, nah, okay, mom, can you just, I'm your only son, you know, can you just love me, you know, like, come on, you know. And I remember uh, she told me, she's like, no, you go get the water. And I was like, I'm not going to go get the water, mom. And she told me, if you don't go get the water, 
your spirit will wake up at night. It will wander around to try to find water. Until it finds water, it will come back to your soul. And I was like, really? This is crazy. What is my, what is my spirit goes, you know, wandering around, never finds water? You know, I started thinking about all of these things. I'm 12 years old. I don't know what kind of story is this. I just know that this might be true and I need to drink water. Let me tell you, family, until I was 18 years of my life, I believed this story. This story shaped me. Like I didn't go to sleep thirsty in my life. I would go get a glass of water, put it next to me, because I knew that my spirit was going to go wander around to go find some water. See, stories have a powerful way to shape us. Stories have more power than what we think, if I'm honest with you. See, Erwin McManus in his book, Unstoppable Force, says that the stories that we tell and the heroes we elevate and exalt will create the culture. Once again, let me tell you this. The stories that we tell and the heroes we will exalt or elevate will create the culture, and I believe this is true in every aspect of our lives. That the stories that we tell and the heroes we elevate will shape our relationships, our workspace, our church, our environments. Those stories and those heroes will shape who we are, consciously or unconsciously. The coming of Jesus is not just him trying to bring better ideas into our life, into our world. It's not him trying to bring better theology or better data. He came to transform the human heart and the human experience. But this story does not begin by him showing up without telling anyone. This is not your cousin letting you know, I'm not going to go to the party, but then he shows up and you're not having enough food. And like, you told me you were, you didn't tell me you were coming. This is not Jesus. See, the prophets would tell the story of a Messiah, of a Savior. This hope was ushered through the Hebrew prophets. See, the prophets will communicate the heart of the divine. They will communicate the plans of the creator, the, the desire, the dreams, the strategies of the, of the divine to the Israelites. This is the way that the, the prophets will ignite the fate of the Israelites. This is the way the divine will keep bringing hope into the hearts of the Israelites. Through the prophets. They will pen pictures. They will write songs. They will draft poems. They will have speeches and communicate the hope. They will even have sketches. They will communicate the heart of God to his people. This will become the wood that will feed the fire and the human imagination about a better future. Through the prophets. See, we think sometimes like people in the Old Testament and the old Hebrew scriptures will have the Bible, but they didn't have the Bible. They have stories to tell. Obviously, they have the law of God. Not everybody had access to it, but they have stories to tell heroes to elevate. See, there's different opinions on how many verses in the Bible are about the Messiah. The range goes between 300 to 574 verses talking about this Messiah. But this is what I'm trying to communicate to you. That the experience of the Israelites in the Old Testament is full of this language of a Savior. 
that will come one day and his coming will have an impact in their nation and the way they will live in and for their future. See, the prophets were speaking to the imagination and, and the heart of humanity. See, I believe that the imagination is in our aspect of our human experience that has no boundaries. And that's a place where God loves to speak into our imagination. And what's happening nowadays is that we're killing our imagination, thinking this is only for kids. But I believe that's a space where God wants to speak and download his heart, his intention for you and for others. See, the Hebrew prophets, I believe, they were creatives. They have a deep imagination. They were responsible to shape the messianic expectation. And let me tell you, for this Messiah to come, it will take a long time. Long, 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 long time, if you ask me. Let's talk about hope for a minute. See, the Old Testament um, has different definitions about hope. And hope, I believe, is crucial for the human experience. In the Old Testament, there's two Hebrew words that are translated into hope. The number one is yahal. Yahal means to wait for. But the second one is the one that is very interesting, which means kaval. Kaval is also to wait. But this word is related to, to, to a, you, you, you pull the cord, it produces tension until there's relief. Meaning this hope, the translation of this hope, meaning is the feeling of tension and expectation as you wait. I believe this is the hope that the Hebrew prophets were talking about. That this hope that the Hebrew prophets would speak into the Israelites was anchor in reality. It was not just optimism where they just choose to see the situation in a positive way. But this hope was not just anchor on reality, but it was not anchor on the outcome. Because Usually when you read the stories of the Israelites, there's enough evidence that things will not, will not get better in their situation. But they will still choose to live in the tension and hope. See, this hope was fueled by the stories they would tell and the heroes they elevate. Moses, Jacob, David. But there's a protagonist in the whole story besides all of them. And I believe that was... God. You know, I remember the, the first times that I started going on with other people would drive cars and I would go with them and besides my mom and my dad, you know. And I discovered that I had a lot of trust issues with people. I was like, I don't really trust you driving me to places. The crazy thing is that uh, the only person I would trust driving me to places was my dad. But my dad was a crazy driver, if I'm honest with you. He was just not a safe driver, which is weird, you know. But some way, somehow, he always made me feel that I was going to be fine with him. And maybe because of his, his own experience and the experiences that I have with him that would inform me that I was going to be safe. My dad would drive through all kinds of roads in Mexico, a night, 12-hour shits, you know, all kinds of cars, stiff shit, automatic, you know, trucks, cars, vans, whatever it is. He was just a very versatile man. 
that every time that I would drive with him, it didn't matter, I felt safe. And I felt like my experience with him informed my trust in him. See, there's a word that is often used in Scripture that will feed the hope of the Israelites. And this is the word remember. Remember. Remember, God. And usually this word will be, most of the times, will be followed by a character attribute of God. Or it will be followed by an event that will reflect God's heart to his people and his capacity to intervene and do something about their reality. This word is used 253 times in scripture. In other words, that the way to look forward for them, it was look backwards. That their hope was never put on the event or on the outcome, but was put on the character of the one who had the capacity to do the miracle. This is my, my, my suggestion to you this morning, family, in this conversation. That as you wait in this tension, in this hope, that you don't place your hope on the outcome, but you learn how to place your hope in the creator, the character of the divine life. Very few times outcomes will give you what you're looking for. And very few times outcomes will shape your life. That's the reality of it. And so... When we talk about waiting and the tension, I believe that the stories you would tell and the heroes you elevate matter. And you might not know what conversations you're having around you. I believe that the places we put ourselves into will shape who we are. You know, there's um, in Mexico, we have this genre of music that speaks about a lot of this, you know, uh, drug dealing cartels and all of that stuff. And, and people get upset. Some people love it. There's this tension of people, you know, elevating drug dealers and all of that stuff. But that's the stories they tell. Some of them, they're very creative in the stories they tell. And I believe that creates culture and the way we see life and what we crave and what we want in life. And so to me, I tell myself, what stories am I telling what heroes am I elevating? Or what conversations am I part of it and are shaping me and leading me? You know, I never really thought about this until I came to the United States. And how many times I noticed that the political language and narrative shapes the hope that we have in our nation. We exalt certain people seeing them as saviors, and we tell the stories of past politicians that make something great in our nation, and we have this narrative that shapes the hope of our country and our people. It's powerful. I'm not saying it's positive or negative. I'm just saying that I believe that the Israelites would tell the stories because that would shape the reality. And as I close this, and I invite the band back, you know, the birth of Jesus is a culmination of waiting in this tension. 
for many, 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 many generations. And what I believe kept this fire going is the stories that this prophet would tell. We're so used to that. We think that, you know, they have this collection of, 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 of books like the Bible and they would read the Bible and that would feed their fire, but they didn't have that. And, you know, it's weird. I, I feel like now that I trust in Jesus, I question my faith a lot more than before. I feel like I, I have more crisis in my faith than when I didn't believe at all. And I question everything. Why Jesus out of all of the options? Why am I placing my hope in this narrative, in this good news that we talk about? Why not other one? And I keep asking myself that question often. And there's some, there's some things that really helped me through this, if I'm honest, and I want to share it with you. 700 years before Jesus was born, there was this man by the name of Micah, this Savior. 700 years before and he was speaking about the place and the location where this Messiah was going to be born. And this is found in Micah chapter 5, verse 2. Now to invite you later on your own time to, to read this whole book. It's beautiful. But here, I want you to hear this. Micah chapter 5, verse 2 says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrata, Though you're small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be the ruler of Israel, whose origins are from of all, from ancient times. Therefore, Israel will be abandoned until the time when she, is, she who is in labor bears a son, and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock and the strength of the Lord, and the majesty of the Lord his God. And they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth. Bethlehem Ephrata. You know, Bethlehem is known as house of bread. This is the birthplace of King David, one of the most iconic people in scripture. It has one of the most iconic kingships in the narrative of the Old Testament. And it makes sense that the messianic son of David will come from this place, house of bread. But this village before it was known as the house of bread, it was known and it was identified as Ephrata, ash heap. It was there where Rachel, Jacob's beloved wife, died in childbirth and it was buried in there. Until this day, Rachel's tomb is outside the entrance of Bethlehem. Can you see the hint of the good news in this? See, Ash Heap, a place of sorrow and loss, became the place where the breath of life was going to be born. See, this hope in Jesus is not an external force that come and give us a boost. But this hope is sometimes born within 
their own dark places and the sorrow and the loss of things. That as we hope, as we wait in this tension for some of us, we understand that this faith and this hope is not just born out of the beautiful things, but also out of very dark places. That this hope can be born out of unexpected places. And this hope is worthy of your trust. Because it's not just one thing. It's not a positive thing that you do. It's not the good energy. But these moments can be born out of within the own dark places. Because what happens, friends? What happens, family, when you don't get what you expect for? What happens when you don't get the job, the position, you don't get what you were praying for or expecting for? What happens when you don't get it? What happens when the fire of life is burning? What happens when your chest is tied and you feel whole in your stomach because of the darkness that you're experiencing, the sadness and the distress that, that comes with life? What happens? May I suggest that we place our faith in the one who turns the land of Ashi into the land of breath of life. That is, friends, the hope that Jesus brings into our table. We want to have a moment where we take communion. There's different locations you feel free as we worship to take a moment. And maybe have a conversation with God. Maybe just allow this to sink in your soul. We want to take a moment where we honor and we remember the generosity. Let me pray. God, thank you so much for allowing us to be here this morning. Allowing us to have this conversation. Help us identify the stories that we're listening and the heroes that we are being shaped by. As well as the stories that we tell and and the heroes we elevate. That you can inform all of that. That you help us wait in this hope. Placing our faith in you. Not just in the outcome of things. Not just hoping that things would get what we want. But knowing that you will shape our lives even when we don't get what we're looking for. But you give us what we need. In your name, Jesus.